Well, in the Western Cape, Alan Windy is uh, trying to do something similar. He's the recently appointed Premier of the Western Cape after the May election. And uh, Premier Windy, you are doing something rather unusual, bringing in the army. Now, there's a, there are a lot of people outside of your province who are questioning this, saying it, it could be a precedent that we might all regret in future. Maybe you can just put us into... Uh, or take us into your confidence and, and give us some perspective on what motivated this decision. Okay, so, I mean, it's something that we in the province, uh, my predecessor and then I, have been calling on uh, for a long time. We have got some very, very high-level uh, murders, specifically in our gang hotspot areas. Um, so already 2,500 people murdered in the Western Cape this year, and uh, 900 of those murders focused in 10 of the of the uh, gang-related hotspot areas as determined by the police. So this request has been around for a while. Um, and I, I think my main motivation has always been specifically walking the streets in those areas where people would say to me, you know, just do something, please, just bring in the army. We need peace and quiet. We need to stabilize this area. We need to be able to get this under control um, because it is out of control. That's the first thing. And the second thing is specifically in an area like uh, Lavender Hill, where seven years ago we had a similar sort of explosion of gang fights and shooting, and the military were brought in then as well as a peacekeeping force in support of the police and also under the command of the police. And uh, the people remember that really, really fondly because suddenly there was a much more peaceful environment in which to operate. And, of course, the military's job is to is to be the peacekeeper while the police do their work. Um, and so be- between those two and this rampant runaway uh, violence and shooting between uh, warring gangs uh, fighting over the drug trade is just out of control and and the police whose job it is is just insufficiently resourced so this is to add a fix to the resource unfortunately if we have to wait for them to fix their resources with four and a half thousand policemen and women too few in our province just to get to a kind of norm um, and one would expect that at least in the 10 hotspots there would have been an extra focus of policing and it has been not the case so that's why we've been calling for for support from the army as a peacekeeping force while police do their work. And and how many soldiers are required? Okay, so I'm not too sure about that, and and I'm also not too sure how many are going to be uh, in place and when, um, because obviously it's the president that signs off on it, and it's under police uh, management, so Becky Klele uh, uh, should be able to answer that question, not me. And this is also probably one of the problems that Provinces don't really have control when it comes to policing and police management. It's all managed in Pretoria or from national. Our job is an oversight uh, role. And quite frankly, when you've got crime in these hotspot areas like like it is, uh, that's why I've also been fighting to say we need to actually get more control at a provincial level. We really are trying to – I don't need to be in the management right now, although I wouldn't mind being, um, but uh, we, we don't even have a system where police would would formally engage with us and report uh, or, or work with us uh, in this operation. Uh, I pledged over the weekend to Becky Taylor that uh, every department in the provincial government uh, I would make available in whichever way 
we can to build a long-term plan for safety. So, for example, safer schools and value systems within schools specifically focused on those hotspot areas or after-school programs, uh, or how do we bring neighborhood watches, which we do fund and help uh, set up, how do we get them more involved? Um, so we really are committed in whichever way we can to help build uh, within these hotspot communities while the military and the police are running these operations so that when they do leave, um, that we've got other plans and mechanisms in place to retain the safety, to retain uh, the alternative economy. Just to get a little bit of a perspective here, the national objective at the moment, national government is focusing all, well, most of its attention on ESKIM because without electricity you don't have an economy. In the Correct. Western Cape, without tourism, you don't have an economy, I presume. And, and I, I take you back to the Economist article of last year where it showed that although South Africa's murder rate is down, the Western Cape's murder, or Cape Town's murder rate was up to the same level, 69 for 100,000 people, that it was in 1994, which is kind of double what it is in the rest of the country. Is, is, is that the way you're looking at this? We've got to fix this problem. We've got to get the gang sorted. Otherwise, tourism uh, is a threat. So, yeah, I mean, my real passion and has been for, for the last 10 years that I've been in government is that of jobs and economic growth. Um, but the, and we've done, we've done fairly well within the constrained environment of the South African context. Um, we've done fairly well as an economy in the province. Um, you know, whether it be our tourism economy, our agricultural economy, the financial sector. Um, but I think we've almost got to that stage where we're reaching a ceiling. Um, and if we don't fix two things, the one is the, the crime levels because they are now having a huge effect on, on decisions when it comes to investment and visiting and whatever those economic decisions are. And the second, of course, is congestion. So those are two uh, big priorities of mine that I will be talking about tomorrow in my State of the Province address. But um, also those two, those two areas anchored in two national management spaces, so the police and management out of Pretoria, and of course Prasa and our metro rail also run out of Pretoria, which is a big issue for us and the economy. People can't get to work uh, efficiently on time and safely, and because everybody's moved off the train system, uh, they are now involved in commuting by either buses or taxis or motor vehicles, uh, private uh, cars. And so that also leads to uh, people making uh, economic decisions or negative economic decisions in our in our uh, sense because congestion is a big thing. So those are the two big focus areas for me. So often what happens is that you, you fix one thing and there's a knock-on effect. Uh, of course, it's the other way around. You have one bad thing and there's, a, there's an impact uh, almost like dominoes that fall. What are the, what are the, the issues? You, if by bringing in the military... And there have got to be risks to this because who knows who might be president in future and who knows how the military might be used in future. But if by bringing in the military you can sort out the gangs, what are likely the consequences from that? Well, obviously what we've got to do, I mean, we've got the military, but we've also got uh, November last year we had what we'd also been calling for a long time, a specialized unit, uh, the anti-gang unit. Unfortunately, we also have another problem in our policing system, and that is uh, the top management of the provincial police structure are at each other's throat. So we don't have proper management either, even at a provincial level. And uh, so we have also got anti-gang units. Um, hopefully between, they, they can get, 
uh, also in this process because there is a there is definitely a, a greater commitment now um, post the election uh, from the president from uh, the minister uh, of police saying we've got to we've got to look at how we we do make the province safer. Um, I have now also we, we'll continue to work from the bottom up. But I will also set up a priority committee, um, which the first meeting is on the 25th of this month, where we will start to bring in the whole criminal justice system um, to, to at least round the table with us alongside those various departments in the province and the police at a national level um, to start to build this um, extra plan of safety within these hotspot areas, knowing that the military are here just for a short while to support the police. And I mean, as you say, I mean, I, I, obviously I, I've got lots of uh, emails and calls around the risks when the military come in. And I think also there's a big risk when the outside world and the investors see us uh, supporting the the bringing in of the military to act as a stabilization force. Um, people, you know, start, suddenly starting to ask all sorts of questions. But Personally, you know, it also means that we, our, 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 our real pressure that we've been putting on national government is now starting to hit home um, because we're starting to get these results. Uh, people are saying, okay, well, what are we going to do to try and get it better? So although it creates a negative brand initially, for me, it is actually positive in the way that people are now starting to focus, starting to think about it. Um, and we've got to bring these crime areas out of, under control. If we don't bring it under control, we're in big trouble. Well, I guess on the tourism side, and we know all about that. Just to, to close off with, how long do you think it's going to be necessary for the soldiers to be there? So the initial commitment is for three months with the option for further uh, time. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll, we'll make that judgment call um, with, you know, within the next three months as to whether we could secure it for, for some extra time. Um, and so time is going to tell and hopefully that we've got enough energy because everyone's focusing that we also do start to create the alternatives. Um, at the same time, it's not as if we're going to sit back and say, okay, well, now let's let the police and the military do their thing. Um, we've got also our own pilot projects where the city is definitely putting a lot of support in. Um, we're running a project now. Where we've put an extra hundred uh, safety officers into Bontehiro. Uh, we've had them since the 1st of July, so monitoring what happens when we put uh, taxpayers or ratepayers' money into extra policing and, and deploying law enforcement officers and, and safety officers in an area so we can control it to the neighboring areas and see whether that also helps. At the same time, doing joint operations with the police, uh, bringing in economic activity. Um, you know, it's one of those things that it's not as if the, the you, you mentioned uh, dates and 94 figures. Uh, gangs have been a part of Cape Town for a very long time, just as they are part of Los Angeles or uh, many South American country uh, 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 cities um, how are we uh, there's no silver bullet there's no uh, mechanism that someone else has said well this is actually the recipe to deal with it um, it's linked to, it's very complex it's linked to poverty it's linked to our past history it's linked to so many things um, but in my opinion and the way that I like to behave in government is we've got to keep trying things until we find things that work and get better, other things that don't work, we'll just stop doing them and try something else. And uh, so, uh, 
I've only been in office for a short while, but uh, we're going to be putting lots of energy from this government into building a safer, a safer province. Western Cape Premier Alan Windy, and uh, lovely to have him on the program this evening. We know we've got lots of community members, business community members in the Western Cape, and uh, well, I guess uh, if you are um, looking at a festering saw, at some point in time you've got to get in there and sort it out.